0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Documentation Not Included, a tech industry podcast presented by DNI Stream, the live knowledge repository for software professionals. It's Thursday at 7 o'clock BST, and we are live on twitch.tv forward slash DNI Stream. I am Chris Seabock, and today I'm joined by a new guest. Oh, you know what? I forgot to ask how to pronounce your second name. I always ask guests uh, before oh. that. It's
1: uh, Pigari. Pigari. Also Pigari. Apparently, oh. either. it's like. That's the that's the like Americanized version of Piagheri, So right, so I, was Pi- Pi- I was going to say
0: I was going to say Pigari, but good. Okay, that's, I mean, that's that fine. I'm,
1: I'm I'm flexible.
0: <laughs> so, so Nick Pigari. In fact, Nick, introduce yourself. Let everybody know who you are and what you're here for.
1: Okay. Uh, hi everyone. My name is Nick. I'm a video producer and motion graphics designer, and um, content marketer. I would say pivoting to software development. Um, And part of that is that I have I am very much a hobbyist kind of person. Uh, I've spent a lot of time uh, working with Arduino's and Raspberry Pi and just coding on the side, making some pretty you know interesting stuff. I would say, but not much experience professionally. And so, like a big part of like what I'm doing on my stream is kind of live documenting my journey on trying to find like some unconventional path from where I am now to where I want to go whilst not abandoning the skills I already have and putting them to use in some way. But in, I, I mean, I like software development probably more than I ever liked video for the most part. One notable exception may be live video. Um, and it's a better market. Like I've done this kind of thing before, like on knowledge series, um, and it it was about making video for business and it's like it's never taken off as quickly as the stuff I've been doing on stream lately and like the opportunities it's already given me it's kind of mind blowing and a bit of a whirlwind so so the people
0: me. people who've seen um my development streams um will know that my development streams are quite boring i just code you know and i'm co- i code I code how it's supposed to be done. I write unit tests and integration tests. And I i, I said, I've just been saying this to, to Nick. I architect my code really neatly. I do everything I can to make everything as perfect as possible. But Nick's stream is very different. And Nick is a streamer. Nick knows how to keep people watching, you know. That's the big difference. I, I'm not interesting. Nick's got all kinds of crazy stuff. And that's your channel, isn't it? Nick's Mad Science. Uh, yep. he he's got also dogs involved with things like he's trained his dog can i tell people this or do they have to come and watch the stream totally. to- so he's trained his oh, dog yeah, totally. to uh, if you redeem channel points
1: you, mm-hmm. you t- in fact you you explain it you'll explain it better than me yeah so it's like i've this is a project i've had in mind it was actually i had the idea before i got even got a dog um it was mouses no, so- <laughs> My dog, Mouse, he's gunning for the rice I have on my desk. <laughs> All right, be patient. All right, so the idea is I have these buttons on the other side of the room. There's a red one and a blue button. I can make them... Actually, I think I can trigger them. So I can... So Because this is an audio format thing, I can actually... Trigger it from here... I guess you can cut this part out of the podcast. It's a little a little boring. No, we don't cut anything out of the podcast. That's the thing. Oh, okay. In that <laughs> case, uh, so, so there's two buttons. Um, one of them is... Uh... You might be able to hear it in the background. That's it, yep. Yeah. yeah, so basically what ha- just happened there is I made a button beep with a channel point on my channel, and then Mouse will go boop that button with his nose. Um, and at the same time... I have like a, a head-to-head competition between like usually developer-y things. I mean, yesterday was summer versus autumn because here in the Northern Hemisphere, it just became autumn. Yep, same. Um, yeah. But I've done like, yeah, like tabs versus spaces is another one I've done. And I got that suggestion actually came from a bald bearded builder, mm-hmm. um, like putting things head-to-head. So shout out to him, of course. And um That's it. It's just, it's totally silly, but it's just a fun little stream gimmick that keeps people watching and entertained. And I actually work on the system that runs all this stuff on stream. He gets a kibble. He gets some kibble as well, doesn't he? Exactly. Yeah. That's that's part of it. It's not. Yeah. yeah, It's just regular old. It's just like, I take his dinner portion and just, you know, whatever's left over at the end of the stream, he has it for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. how that
0: works. So before we get too deep into it, um, I I was shut out of it. Today's show is entitled, Exposing Yourself. Um, Nick, you're, you are here to talk about how to get yourself out there. Now, you don't have, um, as far as I'm aware at least, anyway, you don't have much commercial experience in the developer world. Uh, you've done a little bit of work with people here and there. And we're going to talk about how to get yourself out there, how to expose yourself, how to make yourself known, um, mm-hmm. because because you've got this marketing experience as well. Um, so let's start with the question. Let's get into the meat. Of the- oh, you yeah. know what? No, let's not. We actually, we actually we've forgotten because oh, I was so, so engrossed in listening to your um, what, what's going on on your stream. Um, I mm. forgot about the icebreaker. And if Josie's oh, yes. watching, she'll she loves it. But I'll she'll have my guts for garters. So our icebreaker: If you could choose only one thing, one of these things to play with for the rest of your life, would it be hardware or software?
1: Oh, boy. Um, I want to say software Um, because, I mean, a lot of the hardware I do design, like in a hobbyist capacity again, is basically, it stays pretty low. It stays pretty close to the software side of things. Like, I don't, I remember when I was a kid, the first thing I ever, like, real profession, I, like, name dropped as something I want to do is electrical engineer. Um, But... You know, I love the, hard, the hardware side of stuff, but I think mostly I like the hardware as a bridge between software and the real world. Like, and I've heard that's kind of a good, that can be a good hardware design philosophy anyway, because firmware updates and whatnot. So I'd say software.
0: So you'd say software. If you never had to touch hardware again, you'd much prefer to play with
1: software than hardware. Th- I think so, although I would. Um, you'd I'd miss. Like, i got to say that it is hardware is what got me into software um my first big adventure in software was my arduino which was like back in 2010 was like 35 bucks or something yeah um and that's what got me into it was the interaction between the code and the world so i wouldn't and i always used to think like it's just so limiting to write code that only affects a screen or your speakers or whatever that's just like oh, that's just falls so that's falls short of what's possible
0: yeah sort of thing i, I get you there um, and, and- there's a, there's a, one of our viewers one of our regular viewers um Tultepe um he he works on, on. Uh, big he works on controllers for ships for massive like um tankers And he talks. He talks about you know with so much passion. He talks about there's a few people that that have various different types of jobs, but everything I've done has been screen based pretty much. I've worked Mm -hmm. with some um, pump controllers for you know for pumping fuel and things like that, but it's just turning things on and Mm -hmm. off. It's not that interesting. Um, I've played Mm -hmm. around with my Raspberry Pi a little bit. I understand you know how to kind of work with those systems, but it's just never presented itself to me really. Everything I do works and and moves data from one place, translates it and then moves it to another, you know, and presents it mm-hmm. in a particular way and then gives people a, a user interface. I'd love to be able to work with hardware, but mm. only with software. So my choice is software as well because mm. I know how powerful software is. I know what it can do. And I think the question I was really asking was if you could work with software and never touch hardware again, or just work with hardware and somebody else deal with the software part of things you know I think I, I, I'd still choose yeah. software I think so yeah okay right so okay. let's get on to the show let's go on to the actual meat and, meat and potatoes um so as I said okay. we, we, we're talking about exposing ourselves um what is wrong this is the, uh, this is the, the the first question I'm going to ask you tonight what is wrong with mm-hmm. applying for jobs in the traditional way then Nick
1: um, for me, uh, I, I, I got this, um, advice straight from like an experienced career coach, um, um, who's also going to be starting streaming lately, uh, nope. uh, rather soon. Um, and he says that because, and this could be totally wrong, it could be totally, I mean, or, you know, I don't want to say wrong, that's, that's a bit insulting, but I mean, I haven't tested it yet. Um, But his thought was that because I have kind of an unconventional background, it might be hard to make it through all like the the filters, I suppose, because like they're looking for X years of experience doing this, Y years of experience with this bachelor's degree in computer science. And it's like those hard coded get it coded requirements are like might put me at a disadvantage. Um, But. One of the biggest advantages I personally have is that, um, I love just, I love networking and making connections. Just, it just kind of comes naturally to me. Um, and so I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that that's probably my best bet. And it's just like, I just grew that sort of orga- organically over the years. Like there's this, um, just to kind of give a quick summary of how that, how that worked for me. It was, um. So, uh, some friends of mine are in a group called the Gamer Symphony Orchestra. There's actually a bunch of them now. They were the first. Uh, it's a video. They only. It's an orchestra that only plays video game music. Oh, brilliant! Um, yeah, and so like I I got in with that fr- group of friends, and then one day somebody on one of the members on Facebook posted a link to an article by uh, Amy Hoy of Stacking the Bricks that like really resonated with me, and so I started following her, and then I took the her, their, her course, and that led me to Indie Hall, a co communi- a working community in Philadelphia, which is online. And that led me to like this and that. And it's just, it kind of kept growing. Um, like I'm, I'm in a bunch of different discords, that sort of thing. Um, there was this really awesome, awesome video community. Um, you see, you've already uh, jumped
0: to what, the, the last question I was probably going to ask. Um, and it's yeah. a good thing because that that kind of proves that we're we're kind of on the same page here. The last question that I was going to ask in the entire podcast was: Is it all just a form of networking? Because uh, I do I do business networking, you know, and I I don't just do mm. business networking, but I also Twitch for me is a form of networking. I don't get much work out of it i mean i've got a little bit don't get me wrong you know Mm. i've got my name out there a little bit you know people know who i am i get referrals occasionally sometimes they work out sometimes they don't but it's not about that yeah it's actually more for for me the networking aspect is to keep me sane it's to stop me going crazy Mm -hmm. because i i have always worked at home i've always worked in you know solitary confinement type thing i don't work in people's offices really it doesn't do it doesn't work for me um Mm -hmm. and And the thing is, is that to me is the most important aspect of, or the most important, important part of exposing myself is, is I have only become successful in my later years. Yes, my experience helps and my confidence in being able to sell myself to my clients and to potential, you know, people that I might want to work Mm -hmm. with in the future, or they might want to ask me, you know, ask me for my services or whatever. Um, But it's about people getting to know me, and it's about people mm-hmm. seeing that there's a human behind the the company name. You know, there's a yeah. there's a person there. Um, so yeah, you've jumped right ahead. So thank you very much, everybody, for the show. I'll. <laughs> yep, nice to see. You. Um, so yeah, so you don't do you then in that case? We, we'll lead on from that a little bit. Do you have things like a, a traditional CV? Do you give that to people if they approach you for work?
1: Um, um... Is it even something you would consider? It's uh it's tough right now. Part of what I'm doing, and I think this is probably very much on the topic, is um, I'm trying to go for like I'm trying to kind of like build up the street cred in developer land, as it were. Like um, I just um, mostly wrapped this project for Twilio. Their uh, their signal conference is happening in a week, and um, as they have this program called Twilio Champions, mm-hmm. and uh. That's like one of those like, you know, become a champion of, our, of you know our software, but also it's a community where people help each other out. Um, and so somebody, you know, somebody was like gracious enough to kind of take me under their wing and guide me through like how an actual development cycle works and a, d- the development process. Yep. Um, and so, at it, and so for that. Contribution, they're going to nominate me for uh, a Twilio champion and other things like that. Like Vonage has their Voyagers program, and um, Netlify has something like that. And so it's sort of like clout like that. Is see, a thing. What's interesting is
0: those three companies that you've named there. I never mm. heard of them, not in any serious way, anyway, until I started doing mm. things in Twitch communities. Until so I started getting engaged mm. with people like the live coders, um, I started mm-hmm. speaking to various members and getting, you know, watching people on various live coder streams and having people on the show who who were uh, members of various Twitch developer communities. So you know, those mm. companies, they are very much out there networking in a very different way to the traditional software develop you know software companies or software platform companies and mm-hmm. it's it's interesting you know cuz they're not not really i mean I, I don't know them that well i'm i don't want to cast any aspersions they're not really much different mm. from another company and just it's just a different form of marketing mm-hmm. and it's interesting that they've Absolutely. got you know they've got all kinds of people on there from from really experienced um, seasoned professionals all the way down to people who haven't, you know, really worked in the industry before.
1: hmm Yeah, and and I and think they,
0: it's no coincidence. They give out those awards to, you know, to keep you enticed and keep you going there. I'm not, not being negative about it, just that it's, it's interesting to, to yeah. see
1: that. Yeah, and I think it's no coincidence that they, those companies have, you know, or they, those companies have pretty good representation on Twitch. Mm. Um, and that kind of gives me hope that um despite my unconventional background i guess um i mean you know look at some of these streamers like chef brent always comes to mind as like a very skilled video producer who started in software um so kind of the other way around from me um but i mean the point is there's clearly a place in the market or whatever for people who have skills that i already have but um don't want to, you know, but want to use them in a different market. If that
0: kind I, of makes sense. I, I sometimes wish, as a developer, as a as a consultant, I, I sometimes mm. wish that I wasn't involved in the development community. Sorry, in the development world, you know, the the professional developer world. I wish I was mm. I was able to do more things like um, C Sharp, Fritz and Layla Cords That you know, the 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 bigger streamers mm. on on um, not just. The people who are out there advocating code, who are evangelists for particular frameworks or for particular companies, I would love to be that. But I could also never really assign myself to one company or one tech stack because everything's important. And and I know a lot of these people don't. They use a lot of different things and they're Mm -hmm. lucky that their employers allow that. But I wish I could do that you know as my own employee and make you know as self-employed and make you know make enough money out of it to be able to live off it it's mm-hmm. it's it's wonderful that that happens um and it's great that they're trying to get people again they do what we try and do here is we're trying to lower the barrier and get people involved in uh in software development and uh it's mm-hmm. nice seeing that and i do need to get more people like that on the show as well yeah <clears throat> so would you say then, um, in a way, you would consider yourself uh, more of a, like a disruptor or, or, you know, something that you're unconventional? Yeah. You know what, let's take yeah. that, take that question back. And actually, I'm going to ask you something else. I'm going to ask you, mm-hmm. what do you want to do then?
1: What is your ideal job? I think something like developer evangelist would kind of be it. Um that you know that said, I do agree with the caveat you just brought up it's like i don't know how hard I could evangelize just one thing um because like i you know I have a bit of a like an entrepreneurial independent streak as well, and so that would be like a bit tough for me, but yeah. in an environment where it's like i mean part of the reason my personal brand is like Nick's Mad Science is um I would call myself not like a disruptor so much as just an experimenter, someone who likes trying new. Preferably interesting stuff, and just like sharing my excitement out of working on that stuff with the world. And I think that might be a good segue to like one of the things I wrote down in our notes about like the um, this uh, the, the pro tip I wrote down. Um, for me, it's like I spent so long working on this stuff in total isolation. I i made I would might make a video a video on YouTube every once in a while about some little thing I made. But, like, it never – it was always like, oh, it's like more work on top of work. Um, and also, you know, combined with a big part of the reason I'm pivoting away from video as a profession, other than that the market is kind of lame, is that I'm just burnt out on it. It's, mm. I spend a lot of time just making really boring stuff. Um, so, and, like, people, you know, I've heard, like, oh, I, sh- I should blog about this stuff. I should share it on Instagram or something. But, like, everything was just, like, ugh, more – extra steps like it takes the through especially for like someone with an adhd ish brain like mine it's like if if i, I don't know like and it, my point is like one part of video that i always really enjoy and my favorite part was making live video um because like there's that adrenaline rush like you have to be stay on your toes um and so for me and just because you know being an, a you know experienced video producer means that i can kind of make an awesome little production uh and so just building this stuff on stream and having the interaction with um chat for instance and just kind of having a big old party i think is a big part of what twitch is about um so for me I, i would say like for the purpose of getting yourself out there um see if you can find just sharing your work see if you can find a medium that you actually enjoy creating um, yeah, and I I need to have more fun. I have fun
0: during the podcast. I think I mean we do talk mm. about serious subjects, but especially when Josie's here, we have a lot of fun. You know, we 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 tend to have quite a lot of banter, and you know, if we've got particularly good guests on, we have you know we have a good laugh. Um, yeah. But on the actual dev stream, for me, because I develop not all the time during the day, but most of the time, most of my work is development. Mm-hmm. When I get onto the actual um, streaming side of things, it's about the only time that I can I can really clean up my side projects and do the boring maintenance work that I need to do and upgrade the security features and yawn yawn yeah. yawn you know up convert I'm at the moment I'm converting something from t- JavaScript to TypeScript brilliant everybody wants to watch that but nobody does you know and that's the problem mm-hmm. I've got is that my time is limited and mm-hmm. I need to do what a lot of other streamers do in... Um, I need to have stuff going on on the screen, and I, I need to get the the bot interacting with chat so they can actually do something while I am doing the boring stuff. Because I am never going to stop doing that, and I can't help it, you know. Although mm. at some point I need to drop the the you know the proper architecture and unit tests and actually start writing some cool stuff and getting interacting with my Raspberry Pis and get it turning my lights on and off and you know all kinds of yeah. staff things that you can do with these things, and mm-hmm. we'll get there. But yeah, I think. Yeah, I think, as you said, uh, that making things, making it effortless as well is important, isn't it? Making mm-hmm. making it something that you enjoy. I, I Luckily, I enjoy coding, and I enjoy doing the boring mm. stuff. But I also wish I could just let go of that and enjoy hacking and just making it work mm-hmm. and not looking at it and going, this is an absolute mess, and
1: it needs rewriting. Not everyone loves yeah. that, though. Yeah, that could be, I think for me as well, it's like I tend to lean a bit towards more towards like extroversion these days. And so the social aspect, like real, you know, very close to real time aspect of streaming on Twitch um, it's a lot of fun for me Um, because like a lot of the times I'm like, I I don't mean to date this episode, but in this area of of perpetual lockdown, it's like I like having people around when Hmm. I do stuff because sitting and writing code or doing whatever it just can just be feel kinda of lonely. Um so
0: it can. Yeah. And I think I uh, I enjoy my own company, but at the same time I, I get that. Um but it's for me it's engagement and it's I said that we try and keep the focus on, on the exposing yourself thing, you know, it's it's about us trying to uh make an impact at the same time as enjoying ourselves, um, at the same time as making it effortless, and at the same time as making it engaging as well for other people. I mean, we've only really talked about Twitch so far Mm -hmm. in the engagement thing. And is
1: that your main strategy for... For now, it is. Um, And, of course, like I don't want to say that like it's a requirement for things to be effortless because, obviously, some things are just going to be work. And that's just how it is. Um, But for Twitch, it's been a pretty cool strategy because, like... um, like, I, all, one of my favorite things about Twitch is raids. Um, hmm. I love getting raided, and I love raiding people. Um, and to that end, I one of the biggest, like, things that happens with the interaction on my stream is that when somebody raids me, a bunch of stuff happens. I guess I'm not allowed to curse. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like, I have, like, my fog machine isn't on, but, like, the strobe lights go off and, like, all of this stuff. And it's just, like, it's a party. That's the, the whole point of Twitch. I think is that it's just a party that keeps on going yeah. and you got to keep the party going. Um, and so that's been a way for me to like, and then sometimes what I'll do is I'll like drop my trailer, which is a bit too long, but it's this video I edited that like talks about my experience so far. And people have watched that and been like, Oh, I, it's, it's a bit long, but I totally get this. I
0: liked you, I really liked and, your trailer. And yeah, it was a little bit long, but I didn't have a problem with it. It gave me, it told me exactly what you, I wish I did, did that. Because I don't really have yeah. a, you know, my stream doesn't really, it does have a thing. You know, our stream is about teaching others and, you know, trying to uh, get other people to, uh, to into the software industry and help them understand, you know, like, for example, your mentor giving you um, advice on what the software delivery lifecycle is like and what, uh, you know, how that mm. works. That's what I do for a living. And I want to give unfortunately it's boring but i want to give that information to people and we do that with the podcast quite well but as the dev streams it's difficult to for me at least on my own to to put something together that teaches people as concisely you see and your mm-hmm. your stream is again it's about cataloging and um vlogging i suppose your your journey uh, on the way to development mm-hmm. so your end goal then is, is some kind of evangelist. And are you thinking? I would say so. Are you thinking?
1: Or? Go on. Like, and or, um, you know, like yourself, I, I do like the, um, the idea of, um, being independent, like uh, being a consultant. I like that as well. Um, but again, like I got burnt out on that as well, because like, it's I think it's the same thing. Like so much in the video land has become commoditized and just made a lot of the skills I built over the years have been made, you know, in no small part obsolete by better tech, um, and it just wasn't going anywhere. So that's a big part of why um, I'm excited about this because it's it's kind of working out so far, um, and it's also like even just watching I guess you know the boring the quote unquote boring stuff on on somebody just sitting there working on their own little coding project that can be, I don't know. That kind of stimulates my brain for one. Like even if it's, I, 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 I will admit that like 80% of the live coding streams I go to, um, I have no idea what they're working on, but I don't really care. Cause it's just like, uh, oh, my brains feel somewhat somehow in sync with this person in some weird way. I think and then uh... sometimes they will be like, that happens to me as
0: well. I mean, even though I, I know a fair amount and quite a wide, broad mm. range, I go on streams. And I am someone who always likes to engage with a streamer, always. Mm-hmm. If I, yep. there was some guy I was watching a while ago who was uh, DevOps-focused, and he was working on his own proprietary system, um, mm-hmm. that was, re- I, I, looked, I was watching it for a little bit, but then I started asking questions, and he engaged with me. But I don't tend to get that that much. Not that mm-hmm. often I do with my regular viewers, but I don't get that much engagement. And driving that engagement is is what what's key, I think here, because a lot of people will just sit and watch and learn and get you know and absorb things. But I think in order to make a bigger name for yourself again, exposing yourself, as, as we're trying to, to to talk about here, I think mm. driving that engagement with the other things you know with the interaction with the lights and the strobes and the, the pets and mm. the you know any anim- animals on stream i've got my guinea pigs on stream i told you this before i think i've mm-hmm. got a guinea pig cam and i have lots of ideas for it but yeah. i haven't been able to implement them yet you know so it's mm-hmm. still very static but it will become more interesting and hopefully that will
1: yeah. you know, engage more people that's funny it's actually one of the one of the, t- the things i wrote in my in the notes was if you have a pet them on stream. They are, they're, no pun intended, catnip for, <laughs> yeah. like, for, for for people watching. And if you can game, I mean, I don't know if anyone else has done that, like they, they gamified something with their pet on stream. If you do, I would love to know because I want to be that person's best friend. Yeah. Um, I also don't want to focus too much on streaming because it is just, you know, one, out, one channel of many. Yes. Um, another cool thing you can do, and this is something that like I would be doing if, again, I weren't kind of burnt out on editing video, um, is you can, record, you can record your live streams. And, I mean, it's basically what's happening right here. This is a live stream and a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and the term for that that I've heard is turkey carving, where something you make for one channel can be reused for others. Okay. Um, It might be a bit weird to turn my stream into a podcast because I mean the hacky streams, but like uh, like a video on demand of like. I was thinking of maybe one project, uh, one live coding project for my stream could be like I build a system where if something cool or funny or whatever happens on my stream, like standout, um, I could press a button on my stream deck or chat could type like exclamation mark mark or something, mm-hmm. and then that, could, that way then I could develop a system to bring all of that into Adobe Premiere or whichever editing software and have little, like, um, what are they called? Like, marked, uh, timeline markers. Yeah, yeah. And that could save a lot of time just sitting to m- and listening to myself talk.
0: That would be brilliant. Um, I'd love to be able to do that. But I've actually developed a bot that does something similar to that, but it's more archaic. So our Mm. bot, uh, me and my friend started, uh, we had a bot back in the IRC days, our gaming days. Mm -hmm. And uh, whenever somebody said something that was funny, we had a bot that we could just type exclamation notes and then basically copy the line into it. And all it did was store it in a file. That was it. And we've actually yeah. recreated this bot for Discord. Um, and that's what my bot's based on, this bot. So you can actually recall funny quotes with exclamation quote. It's not turned on right now, but it will be enabled in the in this channel forever and a day once it's going. Um, that'll be just mm. one of the features the bot does. But there's no reason that you couldn't do something very similar with video. You know, and you couldn't have... Yeah. It'd be a bit more complicated... Somehow clipping a file from Twitch, maybe?
1: Automatically. Yeah. I'm not sure. yeah.
0: That would like, make my life you know, easier if I wanted to do post editing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, like, you know, that's the thing that's a cool thing about being a software developer is you, you have the skills to make that kind of stuff, assuming you have the time and inclination. And I just, I love that. That's one of my favorite things about writing software. It, it just feels like a superpower. It is. It really I, does. Automate all the
0: things. That's the thing in it. I, I I'm. I go to the nth degree. I am one of those people that will spend three days writing a script to do something that would have took me two minutes to do, but that means I can now mm-hmm. re- reproduce that same action forever, <laughs> and it just works. And there's a bit of maintenance involved, mm-hmm. but it just generally works, you know. Yeah. Um, we had a comment in Twitch, and it was a little bit uh, in chat. It was a little bit ago, I think. You've responded to it actually, Nick. But uh, Yusuf Code says. Yeah. He sees Twitch as a cool way to engage because it isn't that common, from what he sees personally. So, mm-hmm. I'd like I'd like him to maybe expand on that a little bit further. What does he mean by oh, sure. um, personally? What's what's the same? Our Twitch is quite different from real life, in my experience, at least. Anyway, shout
1: out to Feature Chat.
0: Yes, yes. Um, Andy has been on the podcast a few times, and he uh, told us nice. about it. And I saw—I saw, I actually saw it on C Sharp Fritz's um, stream for the first time uh, years a, a good while back now. And I was like, "How do you get that? How does that work? That's perfect mm-hmm. for the uh, for the podcast." Uh, and it yeah. is. So, we talked a lot about Twitch. You've talked about co- uh, communities as well. You talked about a number mm-hmm. of communities that you've uh, you've been involved in. Are those mm-hmm. um, have you, have you seen those communities help you expose yourself out and get opportunities out of them? Or have they been more about developing yourself to be able to expose yourself better?
1: Yes. Yes to both, very much so. Okay, right. Um, it's a, hmm, what's an example? I don't know. Well, like the Indy Hall community that I mentioned earlier, um, I helped someone, I've been hanging out, you know, again, this era of perpetual lockdown, they're based in Philadelphia. I'm based in Maryland, but they've already had a strong online presence um, forever. And now that's just like increased tenfold. Um, And that's given me a chance to, you know, get closer to them because I would like to live in Philly, but don't have the means right now. So, um, and You know that eventually led to um, one of the people that runs the the place, um, who's at this point kind of like old friend of mine. um, uh, He commissioned me to build a uh, a whole stream setup for him, like, um, and that was really awesome. Like I, you know, he was like, he was like, okay, well, what, where do I begin? I have no idea, and I was Mm -hmm. like, oh well, you know, you need, you know, learn how to use OBS, need these scenes, and he was like. You know, is there someone who can, you know, or could, you know, are you, could you think you could do something that just like I don't have to think about the technical side? Um, and it was awesome. So that actually led to some paid work that didn't involve any code. But I mean, it could have done. something It might know, do
0: in the future. It could, you know, you could certainly. have to en- enhance his stream with plugins that might not be available, etc.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Actually, that's what that's how I know about feature Before I discovered that, I was like, I may have to code something like that. Hmm. Um, which we're making a little nervous, but you know, and See that's the that, thing. Like that's a yeah.
0: That kind of stuff's my bread and butter. You know, I it using APIs and I'm said making a bot is the same mm-hmm. thing. Basically, all featured chat is is a front end to a listener of some description that's sending mm-hmm. data back and forth, and it's the same as connecting to your Arduino or your Raspberry Pi. You yep. use some kind of layer or abstraction over the top of the hardware, whereas this is Mm -hmm. using a layer or abstraction over the top of Twitch. So we're totally it's a very similar kind of thing. Absolutely. Uh, Yusuf has responded by the way. He said personally as in he doesn't often see people plugging their own Twitch streams. So that clears that up a little bit.
1: Yeah. It's a bit of a new frontier on Twitch. Um like, you know, traditionally everyone thinks oh Twitch is for gaming. But um more and more I'm seeing you know, first it was like a wave of creative stuff and then it started to turn into like Professional, um, like professional development stuff. Like I mentioned, um, the career coach I mentioned earlier um, is going to be starting streaming soon um, and talking about career development stuff on on Twitch. There's also there's a point I wanted to make adjacent to that, but I kind of forget what it was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like i I've, I've I heard this somewhere on YouTube University, so to speak. Um, but somebody said that like just because you don't know how to or just because, or that is to say, if you have the ability to say, oh, I don't need to code this. We could just use feature.chat. And then the hiring manager might say like, oh, interesting. We were thinking about using feature.chat or like insert tool, framework, whatever mm. of choice. And then it kind of puts you in the position of consultant there in your own job interview. Um, yeah. Again, I can't take credit for that tip, but I do love it. It. I mean, it, um, it
0: does work. I've had a few, so I've personally had a few gigs for consultancy for um, for providing coaching and training to CTO-level mm-hmm. people, um, yep. mentoring developers, you know. Um, and then, obviously, there's been a few coding jobs as well. Nothing said massively significant compared to my normal enterprise work, but it still mm-hmm. starts the ball rolling, and it's a good way to do it, especially if you don't have the experience in the commercial world as well because mm-hmm. you're exposing yourself, because you're actually putting yourself out there and you are making mm-hmm. something different from the next post on LinkedIn or the, uh, or the next CV that comes into someone's inbox. You know, it's a mm-hmm. bit different. It's... it's yeah. I suppose you can take the term actually exposing yourself in a few different ways, not not just the uh, uh, what we intended it. Not it's, in a way that would <laughs> violate no, Twitch terms of service. No, not that way either. Um, but more about you're actually you're actually exposing the, the said so the fact that you're kind of human the fact that you're capable of doing some of these things or willing to learn or i mean you could the thing is people can listen to us talk all day and everybody mm. will take something slightly different from it and there could be there could be a CTO of a company listening to us right now that looks at you, um, or, or listen to us in in the future because they said this is a podcast, um, and and mm-hmm. listens to what you're saying right now and goes, oh right, well we need somebody who's uh, you know we need we've actually got an idea about buttons that send messages to uh, a dog feeding thing you know yeah. I don't know that's daft example but you know what I mean uh-huh.
1: yeah. <laughs> I have had comments um, like that before. Hey, what's up? Speaking of that, on that note, hey, how's it going, Zul? Um, Yeah, I have gotten, like, people had come in, that timing on that is so funny, it's like, who has said, like, oh, I might have an opportunity for you. Um, So Mm -hmm. it's interesting. And again, that's a big part of what's exciting about pivoting to dev, so to speak, is that the market is pretty grad right now. And it's, like I said, I've done this kind of series building thing before, and it didn't take off anywhere close to as quickly as this so it's very interesting to see that so when you Um, say quickly then how do you what's what's the oh not at all (laughs) (laughs) well no we're not speaking of you as a devil at all right now um yeah it's just like Uh interesting because um it's one of those things where because i'm a hobbyist pivoting to professional environment like you know situations i don't know what i don't know so one of the first comments i got which like really kind of raised my hopes for the whole thing and really inspired me. was like, um, I think it was, it was during a raid by like someone, you know, people on live coders teams, live coder teams, um, was like, we, this guy could probably get a junior developer job now. Like I framed it as, Oh, it's this big journey I have to go on. But I didn't know that maybe I was much further ahead than I was. Mm. And I guess back to the main point of this podcast slash live stream is you'll never know that until you hashtag expose yourself. Like, that was a cool thing to learn. Um, yeah. yeah, and so you and never, I, I guess... I think it can also help in with your, your
0: confidence realm. as well.
1: As you said, you know, you're, you're getting... You're being...
0: Uh, it might dro- It might go the other way. There's, there's nothing mm-hmm. saying it wouldn't go the other way as well, but I think it, if Absolutely. you take all comments, you know, as as they're given and you don't read them negatively and you try and see the positive in everything there are going to be Mm -hmm. people who um who are uh, giving you positive constructive criticism but you might not take it that way depending on your frame of mind at that moment in time Mm -hmm. so you know Mm -hmm. as long as you try and take all of that and work with it and, and build from it and and then you, you're able, I know you've struggled with this and I sometimes struggle with this as well on streams and I know there's plenty of others that struggle with this. Um, mm-hmm. You take too much advice on board too early on and try and act on it all, especially when you're on stream. It sometimes puts you in a bit oh, yeah. of a, you know, a nosedive, a kerfuffle. You, you're not quite sure where you're, uh, where you're heading. But yeah. being able to compartmentalize and be able to do the right things and take the right advice um,
1: is important absolutely and i think like yeah i mentioned earlier being on the adhd spectrum very much so but it's like but and but again like to finding an outlet that feels if not effortless then fun Mm. um that you enjoy doing um that's awesome because like for for me on twitch it's like i can just let my brain's adhd just shine just go make this party go and it's like and i personally love the streams that are just like infinite tangents um like again i'm thinking of uh chef brent's um like stream tech streams where it's like we're talking about the latest tech in in streaming and if somebody like mentions something in chat the whole stream can just go in that direction like um example is like he's what's that (laughs)
0: I've done that a few times, yeah. especially with Tultepe comes on because he he generally engages with me quite a lot. He'll ask me a question mm. or he'll say, he'll either ask me a question about what I'm doing or he'll say something slightly to the side of it. And then I'll go, oh, actually, mm-hmm. you know what? Let's open up a Visual Studio solution and I'll start showing you how we can actually put this together. And that's what I love totally. about streaming. It's that dynamic engagement. Yeah.
1: And you don't always get that. Yeah. And it's like it can lead to cool things in your own professional world, too. Like, um like with me loving to connect, you know, connect people, sort of, so to speak, um, one of my, one of my video producer friends, um, who is also pivoting to a different field, um, incidentally, uh, was experimenting with using paper space, virtual, uh, virtual windows machines to run OBS, which by the way, it's awesome. If you don't have a computer powerful enough on your own. Hmm. Um, and he shared that with, um, with Brent, um, who, was so fascinated by it that now he I, if i 'm not mistaken, he is now running the entire virtual conference TV component on a paper space virtual machine, so right. it's like wow, that's full circle the, the, um, I've had so many suggestions for new new tech and
0: new things during streaming that i I've, I've, I've just got a big list now, and it's another to do list that yeah. I'll never get to it's things like oh yeah vis- Mine, mine's right here somewhere visual i've got visual stu- um, visual studio Accords, uh remote. Uh, Docker containers that you can connect to from it. I've got that to look into in oh, a lot of detail because cool. that sounds like that's going to save me so much time. But figuring how how to fit that into my day job is another thing, you know, or figuring how to fit it out yeah. into my streams is another thing entirely. Um, there's loads mm. of them. That. Yeah, and I do like the tangents as well. And uh, Yeah.
1: There we Here's one more thing I definitely want to touch on. I guess yep. since our, it's an hour,
0: right? Yeah, well, we've got, we've probably got a few minutes left before we uh, we go into the outros, so
1: yes, let's uh, okay. keep going. I definitely want to shout out um, Build a Portable Reputation. It's this... Um, I don't know if I have a convenient way to paste this into chat because I'm on multiple computers, but um, it's this really cool article, and it was written by... Um, I, and I met this person through one of those business circles. Um, is, it, is it the
0: one I have highlighted?
1: I, mm, that's the one, yep. And um, the point it raises is, is like, don't necessarily, like, if you, and almost kind of the point earlier about evangelizing just one thing. If you tie your reputation too strongly to, like, just one company or one tech stack or whatever, um, you stand a chance of getting burned on that. Mm. Um, uh, Because, like, if you lose that job, then you kind of lose... You know, if you don't have anything outside the job, you stand to kind of lose a lot of that. And so I like the idea of, like, owning your platform. I praise Twitch a lot. Um, uh, but it is just a platform. It's my favorite streaming platform by far. Um, but, um, so you know, I don't... We've, we've covered yeah. things like
0: this before. Um, if you... I, I'm a contractor. I do mm. lots of different types of work for lots of different types of people. Even one client I will be doing multiple different things for at once, You know, all under different stems of mm. work. Um, if I had stuck to my guns and stuck with, like, stuck with one company for, t- for the 20 mm-hmm. years that I've been working, I wouldn't know anywhere near as much as I know. My, my knowledge would not be as broad as it is. And as I said, I don't know everything, but I know a lot more than somebody who has maybe 30 or 40 years working for one company they might have great mm-hmm. domain knowledge about that company but they don't have very wide knowledge really unless they do things outside of uh, their work um mm-hmm. on on a on the wider world on the the wider world of software development you know they might be still doing things in the one way and i see it all the time when i work for companies i see their way of coding is 20 years old and they haven't come mm-hmm. forward with the times um and they blame yep. time for it but it's not that it's that they don't yep. Expose themselves. To, Here we go with that We're, They don't expose themselves to the wider world of development and the the communities. Yeah. And if I wasn't on Twitch, I wouldn't know about a lot of things. That mm-hmm. fair enough. I don't have loads of people that watch me, but lo- the people who do talk do give me
1: a food for thought a lot of the time, and that's yeah,
0: that's a key thing.
1: You know, that's awesome. Good to hear as well. Um, you know, another thing that is very important to to point out for this, you know, getting your stuff out there is this stuff takes time and effort and it's like, that's the, the meaning behind stacking the bricks is that like, you know, this is like if you zoom out through 40,000 feet or whatever, um, like you could say, this is me on one podcast, but like this could lead to me on another podcast or maybe I find a thing for another person. And I love like making those connections, but it's just like, it takes time and patience, and like my stream has been doing surprise better than I thought it would. It's growing more quickly than I thought it would. However, that comes on the back of 10 years being a very serious hobbyist in this domain, and 20 years as a video producer. so I know how it'll like
0: And I have to say like,
1: having mm-hmm. I, I don't like the word, but it's the
0: best word I can think of it. having gimmicks on your stream. that helps massively. I would not yeah. have asked you to come on this podcast if I hadn't spent what half an hour watching you that first time not even half an hour mm-hmm. if you weren't as yeah. interesting as you were for that short period of time you didn't have as yeah. you didn't have hundreds of viewers like some of the bigger streamers but that's not what I'm mm-hmm. interested in I'm interested in interesting people and I'm interested in mm-hmm. people with different stories to tell and you have a different story and that makes you unique and that's what's Yeah that's, and that's what's the other... key.
1: Yeah and I think like for the gimmicks thing I I well I mean I have a, a button I a have folder on my stream deck called gimmicks um, but it's like they're all they're all my they're all just about like my personal brand I mean my flavor of being on like on the spectrum is like I've always had an obsession with I mean go figure I've always been obsessed with like blinky blinky things and theatrical things and dogs and I, my brain just lights up with joy to make technology talk to one to other bits of technology I love it and it's just like that's another good thing. Find your personal brand. Mm. Um, will be another pro tip for that. And just make it like you, your style, but of course, like also an important thing there is like, don't try not to make content just about you. Try to make it about us, the community, your the, the people. Um, Pivot to dev, for instance, like for now it's about me trying to get a software job. But once I do, I want to make, I, you know, it's like a, a, core value of mine to you know to reach out to others who want to do the same thing and I'd love to make it into like a you know a, you know change away from the nar- somewhat narcissistic get me a job to get you a job yeah, that sort of a thing that's kind of um, what so- we do
0: here a little bit We're, you know me and Josie have been doing it a long time and we try I know I'm talking about myself a lot here but I have to talk about my own experiences you know it's not there's not much right. more I can I can relate to really Um, Mm. But that's what we want to do, and that's why we have the tagline, the Live Knowledge Repository for Software Professionals, because we want to help people who are wanting to get into the software industry at the same time as people who are already in the software industry and just need to know a little bit more or want... A bit of catharsis, you know, and they want to join in yeah. the chat and they want to have a, a good old whinge about something that they can relate to on the the podcast. It it helps us mm. and it helps them, and you know, it's a two way thing. It's not all about us,
1: it's not all about them, and that's a, absolutely that's a key thing. That's what, it, yeah. It's not just about exposing yourself; it's about exposing others. That isn't that doesn't quite track, but uh, expose ourselves you know I mean? together. Yes. Uh, um, right, so yes, before we get kicked off, <laughs> the uh, yeah.
0: Right, so is there any closing comments then? Um, we, we are going to go into our outro now. We are um, slightly slightly overdue. We should be okay, though, for time. Okay. Um, is there any closing comments then? Is there anything that you've missed that you want to uh, get across?
1: Ah, just that I'm, like, I feel like I'm lighting neur- up neurons in my brain that haven't been touched for a long time. Um, like, l- and remember remembering these principles about, like, you know, be helpful. If you see an opportunity... Um, it doesn't always have to be an opportunity for you, it can be an opportunity for someone else. Um, and maybe that that actually could be a, a note to end on, is that like it's not you know exposing yourself is as much about helping others as it is about um, being all about you and how awesome you are. Yeah, it's like being and a good human I think you can and
0: you can look at people who stream or look at people who talk you know expose themselves on on social media a lot you know influencers and people who you know who, who take lots of photos of themselves you can look at them as narcissistic you can look at all of us mm-hmm. who do this as as vain in a way but yeah i also like to look at it yes we are we have to be we have to have some kind of uh need for uh, attention to do this but at the same time yeah you can tell, especially when it's live, and it's not just a picture you're looking at. But I think it's you, you can tell that somebody means well, that they want to help, that they want to get mm-hmm. across the right uh, level of, uh, I don't know, love to the to the to the yeah. you know, the community. And one of the things we formed D and I on uh, Josie and I. We have mm. a we have a set of ethics, a set of business. Business-related ethics and also a set of community ethics, and they are very focused on. You know, everybody is level across the board. We're all talking. We all want to try and help everybody. You know, we're not. We're not about laughing at somebody because they. Um, you know, we're I not going to. We're never going to laugh at somebody because they don't know what a function is. You know, in a software program, we're not. Yeah. We're never going to say
1: what do you, What do you mean? I You've never heard knows. of CSS? You know,
0: it's not yeah. about
1: that. I wasn't born knowing, knowing what a function is. Neither was I. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe you could call it you could call it instead of malignant narcissism, maybe it's benevolent narcissism. Oh, I suppose this I like that. I
0: like that. Yeah. Okay, so we are at the end of the show. Um, before we finish the show, we have a section called Bring Your Own Manual, where we've already learned a lot today, but the Bring Your Own Manual is something that we used to call RTFM, which was a little bit more negative. It was a little bit mm. more about, let's have a rant. Let's get the catharsis out the way. But today, BYOM is about learning. So we want to know, Nick, if there's anything that you've mm-hmm. learned in any subject, it doesn't have to be dev-related or related to the subject that we've talked about now, uh, a fact or, or something cool that you've seen or learned over the last couple of weeks that you can share with people.
1: Uh, I guess the main thing that comes to mind is that project I just did for... Um uh, for the Twilio champion, the overlay project, it was, um, I like in the space of two weeks or so kind of went from sort of knowing how Git slash GitHub slash development cycles work to actually doing it. Um, and I learned that it's, um, I guess the main thing I learned is that it comes surprisingly naturally to me. So that's, I guess a good, um, a good sign. Um,
0: well uh, G- can not of anything its- more novel though
1: github github has a a, a very specific
0: development work uh, life cycle and mm-hmm. it's the the enterprise world is actually taking especially now Microsoft owns github um is actually taking mm-hmm. a lot from um from that world from the github open source community you know pull requests are a big thing now in in enterprise Dev and they they didn't used to be i mean they have been for a while but they didn't used to be you know things like yep. um Things like you know use, using Git and using nonlinear workflows—they weren't really mm-hmm. a thing for a long time in in software development, and it was always difficult to do that. But these days, it's becoming more. It's actually difficult to teach all the developers those kind of things. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that is an interesting thing that's coming in. The software delivery lifecycle has now kind of migrated into something called ALM, which is called the application lifestyle like lifecycle management um which is, encompasses a lot more than just the software delivery life cycle which is things like mm. writing software sorry planning and delivery and writing and maintenance of software it also includes operations yep. and monitoring and everything
1: else that comes with it so i think like the version control stuff has applications far beyond software <laughs> version control is a minefield it's easy
0: if you take semver and you work with semantic versioning and you adopt it and but but believe me very few people actually use semantic versioning in the real enterprise world. They do in in open source communities and libraries and things like that, but it's very difficult to get people to adopt it because they usually focus on what their customers expect and Mm -hmm. projects and delivery life cycles rather than software versions. And it's difficult to get them to think in another way. It's a language thing a lot of
1: the time. That's something I've also learned about on this project. Like, if I if the branch name has feature slash in it, that triggers an auto-deploy on Amplify. Well, and that, like,
0: that's only because they've set that CI pipeline up. That isn't exactly. always the case. Yeah. Um, and Zul brings a good point up, too. He does, yes.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I clicked the wrong one because put.
0: he said something just after that. And stu- some people uh, yeah. still put their own spin on Semver. Yes, they do. But mm-hmm. you can usually put your own spin on Semver... While sticking to SemVer by using SemVer extensions, which is uh, a little hyphen at the end of the um, little hyphen at the end of the sem- semantic versioning number before the build number. But anyway,
1: yeah, feature slash. This feature is gonna be effing awesome. Yep. Uh, That's my personal spin. Don't get me started on
0: GitHub. Um. Oh, sorry, Git uh, commits and how traditionally people are um traditionally people make a commit to a, a code repository and they think that's it it's done and dusted but if you work in mm-hmm. feature branches and you work in solitary feature branches in in git for example you can rewrite your history and rewrite your commits um and getting people to understand that and to make the main branch or the master branch or whatever you want to call it is um that you can completely fashion that exactly as you need it to look or want it to look and make it easy to follow and read and that commits are individual and not linear it's very difficult mm-hmm. to, to get that but anyway getting a that bit sounds, deep into that that
1: sounds sounds fascinating
0: it's uh, exciting it's, it's what I'm, I'm working on stuff like that right now but anyway so my BYO, yeah. my, my BYO, be. oh my god my BYOB is actually about um uh it's about the universe something about space because i i i'm not that interested but i don't know every time i see something or watch something or even i'm in a nice i was up in the lakes in england we've got an area called Mm -hmm. the lakes um probably probably about the size of new york it's you know it's not very big, um, but that mm-hmm. that the, the, I went up there and it's really clear at night up there, and you can see the stars. And it just kind of sparked my imagination one night. I was out looking at them, and there, so I started reading and did the whole Wikipedia stuff where you start reading one thing and you click on the next thing and you go to and you just end mm-hmm. up down this rabbit hole. Um, mm-hmm. I had a little bit of a crisis, um, kind of a not midlife, but a little bit of an existential crisis about about life. And, and you know what it all means and stuff. So I was like, when is mm-hmm. the when, when? How long are humans going to last? Forget like nuclear wars. Forget all of the terrible things that we're going to do to ourselves. How long is life? I'll try. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, so I I learned that no matter what we do to the planet, no matter how much we evolve um, and how mm-hmm. well we treat it, in six hundred million years, the sun mm-hmm. is going to be given, giving off enough solar um what's it called solar radiation not not flares solar radiation that the planet our planet will not have enough co2 on it anymore to produce mm-hmm. plants so all life on the planet will end so we've got 600 million years everybody basically but don't worry about well, it well i mean you know covid doesn't yeah. matter any of any of that stuff yes but it was an interesting fact. About.
1: <laughs> I, I learned a lot yeah.
0: more uh, facts about the universe. We actually started watching a program on Netflix called The Universe, surprisingly, as well, because I, I got so kind of engrossed in it and bored the wife to death yeah. with it.
1: But It's inter- It's funny, kind of on that note, to like be seeing inter- this interesting success in my career path with a backdrop of everything being terrible. It's like almost an inverse correlation. But I, I, I guess, you know, in my... Vain attempt to have some f- beautiful final comment, I guess that does give you some perspective does not it yeah I, it's like
0: i don't know'm I, 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 not I mean, I'm, a downer I'm, I'm lucky i'm lucky um, some people are struggling at the moment, some people are losing the jobs mm-hmm. and, and and you know I, I feel for them i'm on the other yep. side of that fence for some reason the last couple of years my um, you know my my business has really taken off, and i'm being very lucky for that either that. Or exposing myself and being, uh, you know, doing this Twitch stuff and networking and everything else I do is is working. And you can't. The thing Mm -hmm. is, you can't measure that. You can't measure what worked really well. You just have to keep trying and get to a point where you're, you know, you're you're making an impact and you're happy in yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can measure some things, but like, ooh, we're getting a raid. Oh, we're getting a raid. Well, that That new we're just closing. Thank you very much, ha. that noob. I hope you've, uh, yeah. you've had a, a good stream today. Unfortunately, we're in the middle of recording a podcast, so we are actually going to close the show now. Um, I, will, I was going to raid you myself, actually, noob, because uh, I noticed you were online. Um, but anyway, so thank you very much, Nick, for being on the show. You now have an opportunity Absolutely. to... I know you've been doing it for most of the show, but you now have an opportunity to pimp yourself if you've got any side projects you've got, tell people about your channel, um, anything like that. Mm. Um, and it's
1: now your, your turn. Let's see. Um, first of all, everyone should totally go follow me on twitch.tv slash nixmadscience. You get to interact with an awesome, cute, adorable, smart Labrador Retriever who I will now. Whoop! Hey, Mouse, come here. Your time is up. It's isn't a good name for as a now. dog, that mouse. I know. He's my lab mouse. <laughs> get it because he's the lab and also. Mouse, come here. He was. Might have disturbed him from a nap. But um, it's a coding and also dog interactivity stream. Uh, here he is, man of the hour. And um beautiful. Yeah, he's a very handsome puppy. Hey, woof. 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 <coughs> woof. Woof. woof, woof <laughs> nice. Good job. Good job. Um, so yeah, come to my stream and play with the adorable puppy and also learn about code. What else? Um, I guess to your your comment earlier about like something on GitHub I might want to share. I would eventually like to begin. So I'm writing all this code to, like, make my stream all interactive. But, you know, like like so many software projects and other projects, it's very, like, I wrote it for me and my stream, and I would not mind thoughts or suggestions or whatever on um, how I could make it into more of a, a usable, like, Twitch. I mean, the project that runs it is the main thing that runs it is called Twitch Raspberry Pi, which is not the most creative name, but I came up with it on the spot. Um, I guess have so you, you know the URL the, off
0: off your hand so you can point people there?
1: If not, we'll put it in the show yeah. notes and it's uh github.com slash science slash twitch dash raspberry dash pie. Excellent. In fact, for the sake of convenience, I will type that for everyone.
0: Excellent. So We are now at the end of the show. Thank you very much to everybody in Twitch chat. Thank you very much for the raid, uh, New, but it's unfortunate that you've joined us right at the end of our one-hour podcast, which we try and do every Thursday, but we haven't been doing for a while. Normally this is... Uh, if I, we don't do the dev stream, this is a uh, sorry. If we don't do the podcast. This is a dev stream, and usually I'm doing something with Angular or .NET Core or Docker or something like that. Um, and finally, thanks. Uh, thank you very much, Nick. We will have you on again. We already talked about Excellent. a subject potentially to have on before, and if uh, that's true, that's true. If uh, if, you, if you'll come back, we'll have you back. Uh, you can Absolutely. visit. You Oof. can visit our website on www.dnistream.live. It's uh, all of our. Podcast Discovery platforms are on there, all of our episodes. There's a contact form as well, which does work. It didn't work, and it's now working. I'm sorry about that if anyone did try and contact us on it. and um, it Yeah, well, I've, I've done that a few times, and somehow I broke it last time I did an update, but it's now fixed again. You can use the form to give us feedback on the show, to ask to become a guest. Um, if you've got any, uh, any comments or suggestions for the show, please uh, do send us a message. And, of course... Please follow us on Twitch, which is down, uh, I don't know, whatever. If you're on a mobile device, it could be... I think I'm closer to it. Yeah. Wait, no, wrong. No, that's the right side. I don't even know. If you're on desktop. Yeah. Only if you're on desktop, though. (laughs) Only if you're on desktop. Otherwise, it's probably overlaid somewhere now. I don't know. They keep changing it, don't they? Um, So, yeah, thank you very much. And we we do hope to have you again um, next Thursday at 7 o'clock. I do do um, development streams as well on uh, Mondays at the moment. I stopped doing my Wednesday streams. And all that's left is to say goodbye. So thanks, chat, and thanks, Nick. Bye-bye. Catch you later. Bye.